When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. Doing it from home, and we're getting it done. All four of us doing it together. <laughs> Nate Hansen, Jared Cowley, Max Barr. My name is Orlando Sanchez. Zooming our way to the top, guys. It's been so long since we've had a chance to do this in person, but I'm so happy to see you guys and hear you guys on Zoom, and we get to talk a little bit about the Portland Trail Blazers. And I know Rip City right now is really pumped up about what they've been able to do in the bubble halfway through. So, Jared, I'd like you to take the mic and just give me your halfway through the bubble impressions of what the Portland Trailblazers have been able to do so far. Well, thank you, first of all, for bringing so much energy at the start of this thing. (laughs) That was was awesome. Um, What can you be but impressed with the way they performed I mean, I think that you know that yesterday's game, the win against the Nuggets, the Nuggets were very shorthanded. They didn't, I don't think they played Jokic in the fourth quarter at all. So, you know, that that win comes with an asterisk maybe. But at the same time, what you're seeing from the Blazers now with a healthy Yusuf Nurkic, a healthy Zach Collins, is kind of what you saw from the Blazers last season. And what I mean by that is, You know, the defense this season has been terrible, and the defense still hasn't been great in the bubble. But there's, you see moments where the defense shines, where they can get stops when they need to. Something else that has been horrible for the Blazers all season long is rebounding, which has been strange because this team, you know, over the past few years has been one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA. I looked up the defensive rebounding and offensive rebounding numbers, and they're back to kind of what you saw from them last season. Their offensive rebounding percentage is 31%. Their defensive rebounding percentage is 75%. Their rebounding percentage overall is 52%. In the bubble, last year, the offensive rebounding percentage was 31%. The defensive rebounding percentage, 74%. The rebounding percentage, 53%. And so what you're seeing is this team that is well-balanced, that, you know, they have good lineups that they can that they can go to with both the starting lineup and lineups off the bench and closing lineups. It's just a more complete team. And it's a team that looks like they're going to be able to go and get that eight seed, which I think that, you know, even last week that seemed like a real stretch to think that they could do that. And then you hear from a lot of NBA pundits right now, national NBA writers that maybe this Blazers team can give the Lakers a run. We can talk about that. I don't know if we believe that, but that's what people are saying. And so it's, it's, and they're fun to watch again. They weren't fun to watch earlier this season. It was a slog to watch games and this team is fun to watch again. 
The Blazers have, have won three out of four in the bubble. And as soon as you brought up them maybe giving the Lakers a run, <laughs> Nate Hansen starts shaking his head no. Why don't you believe that, Nate? Oh, we're going right there, are we? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know we'd jump right into this. I'll just – I'll answer your question and, and just tell you they've played a lot better than they were in the regular season, but they also have more talent on this team in, than they did in the regular season. But you also have to take their wins within context. They beat Memphis in overtime, who hasn't won a game yet in a bubble, in the bubble. They beat the Celtics' good team, but also don't have a big – can't defend big men. So Yusuf Nurkic has a huge game against them the Rockets is a solid win and that's a team that they actually had success against before the bubble this year and then they play Denver who wasn't at full strength and as Jerry talked about Jokic wasn't playing the crunch time minutes they kind of just waved the white flag and so I think you have to put a little bit into of context and not just uh you know overreact to a four game stretch where the Blazers have played really well because Gary Trent we'll talk about him more but He's shooting 63% from three right now. Do I expect that to continue the entire way through the bubble and perhaps an entire first round series against the Los Angeles Lakers? No way. But that's the type of effort it would take for Portland to beat a team like the Lakers four times. Nevertheless, uh, if you're a Blazers fan, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a scenario uh, that exists other than maybe the Blazers winning all four games in the bubble that could have gone better for the Blazers at this point. Because if you had told me when we talked last week that they'd be halfway through these seeding games and only a half game back of Memphis, I think all of us would have thought, no way. You know, that's being too optimistic. But here they are. I'll push back a little bit really quick just about some of these wins. Uh, for one thing, and I know that you know this wasn't the case. You said that they beat the Celtics. They, they didn't. They came back and made a game of it. But the Grizzlies – when I don't think we should diminish that at all just because the Grizzlies have struggled in the bubble since because the Grizzlies were healthy at that point they were expected to come in and be firing on all cylinders and they played well against the Blazers and the Blazers had to come back in the fourth quarter and win that game the Blazers the Grizzlies had Jaron Jackson Jr. at that point and he was healthy they've struggled since but I don't think we should diminish that win and the importance of it and how impressive it was just because the Grizzlies have struggled since the Celtics game you know, they were terrible in the first half, but they came back and played really well in the second half. And the Celtics were at full strength and are a great team. So that was a good performance. The Rockets game was incredibly impressive. And you said it was. I think the only one that you can really, in my mind, point to is maybe fool's gold is maybe that, that Nuggets win because nobody was playing. However, even with that one, with Jokic not playing in the fourth quarter, Jokic was ineffective all game. Like Yusuf Nurkic shut him down. And so I think that, even though he didn't play in the fourth quarter, it's not like he was having a big impact on the game anyway. As you mentioned, Jared, it was a lot of fun to see this team play over the past couple of weeks. And for a lot of us that were just craving live sports and to have meaningful basketball right out of the gate, I feel like there's way more attention and interest in who's going to get the eighth seed versus who's going to be you know, the, the one through three or one through four, or who's going to actually win a championship. Most of the attention has been on that, and that's made it really fun to me. And the other thing that you guys mentioned, Gary Trent Jr., who has been sensational and has been fun to watch, not only because he's knocking down big-time shots, but he's also playing defense, and he's been effective against some of the best players on the other team. 
And it does remind me about teams that get hot at the right time. And you have different players step up in big moments. It's not just your, your big stars that carry the load. And I think that's really been impressive for the Blazers so far and has made it fun to watch because it's not just you're getting the big shot from Dame. Like, you have a game where Carmelo Anthony steps up. Then you have Gary Trent Jr. You're getting role players involved. And I think that's why that contributes to the hype and excitement for the Blazers is it's not just one guy that's doing it so far. And so that gives me a little more hope. And I was impressed to see them come out of the gate and find a way to win that game against Memphis. I really thought the experience played into it, and you're continuing to see that in these must-win type of scenarios. So, Max, I want to open it up to you, man, and ask you about your early impressions on the Portland Trailblazers so far in the bubble. What are your big takeaways? Well, first off, real quick on the Grizzlies, they're going to win today. They're up by 22 in the fourth over the Thunder. So they're going to get their first win. Um, just, just having to ruin my argument, huh? I see. I see how it is. <laughs> that's a really, down that's early, a really so. big win for the Grizzlies. Yeah, that's a season saver. Yep. Um, I totally agree, agree with Jared that they're fun to watch again. And for me, it comes down to two reasons. Gary Trent Jr. and Yusuf Nurkic. Both these guys seemingly have used the layoff to ascend to another level. And in addition to Nurkic's recovery I just couldn't be more impressed as they're playing right now and they've been obviously huge in these early wins guys I'd like to look ahead a little bit about what's left for them and also so many Blazers fans are used to having that built-in excuse the world is against us and like the path to the playoffs like has opened up beautifully for, for reasons that you guys have mentioned before. The struggles from the Pelicans, the struggle from the Grizzlies, a key injury for them. The Blazers have won three out of four. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited again. And usually it's how is the league going to conspire against the Blazers or what are the Blazers going to do to ruin this thing and not be relevant? And here they are. So just the excitement from there, Jared, I'd like to, to hear from you on the Blazers being in this thing, and not only in it, but we could be talking about them as the eighth seed and not the ninth seed trying to win two against the eighth seed. I think that's the key. I think that if they can catch Memphis, then that's just huge for them because at that point, like you said, they only have to win one game instead of having to beat the Grizzlies or whomever else it is twice in a row, which – it would just be difficult no matter who you're playing. And I think that up to this point, Portland has earned everything they have. And I think that, that they, they deserve all the credit in the world for getting themselves in the, this position where, you know, after Memphis wins uh, today, they're going to be a game behind Memphis. And they've got four games, which still tough opponents, but all these games are winnable. You know, you look at the Clippers, the 76ers, the Mavericks, and the Nets, the Blazers can win all of those games. And so I think that, they're not in the driver's seat right now, but they've, they've gotten themselves to the position where they're close to putting themselves in the driver's seat where they can get that eight seed and get into the playoffs in, in a first-round matchup against the Lakers. How about you, Nate? Yeah, I agree with Jared. The schedule, because we talked about going into this, how the Blazers had a difficult schedule. And so far, they've just taken care of business. Uh, they've won three out of four. And the schedule will remain difficult, although 
Ben Simmons injury, who knows this Philadelphia. The Mavericks continue not to be able to close out games. And fortunately, they'll finish out with Brooklyn, who will probably have nothing to play for uh, at the end of their run there. Meanwhile, Memphis's last three games are against Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, the top three seeds in the East. So there's a realistic scenario. When you look at the Blazers' last four games, they could go three and one. Uh, and that's not being too overly optimistic. And the Grizzlies could go 0-3, and, and that's just being a realist. And at that point, the Blazers would jump Memphis, and the Blazers would have that eight seed if that plays out. So all of a sudden, everything was against the Blazers a week ago. But as I said earlier, they've played so well, and so many things have happened around them that have benefited them, that I think most people would say they're in the driver's seat to get that final playoff spot in the West. CJ McCollum had said he thought they needed to go six and two. And now that that path is there and they've basically achieved that halfway through, this seems so much more realistic. And seeing, you know, the reasons why so many people picked Memphis to get there because that deficit is a lot to overcome. And the Blazers have managed to basically almost go square halfway through, which, which is just incredible. So, Max, I'd like to open it up to you and see what your prediction is on, on how the final four games play out for the Blazers and ultimately where they end up. Well, as for where they end up, I think they can definitely get into the playing game. But when you look at the schedule, it's just such a fluid situation from day to day. Like, I believe, for example, that the Raptors can lock up the number two spot tonight if they were to beat the Celtics, which I think would in turn lock in the Celtics. So when you think about like what those teams might have to play for in the days to come, you just don't know who's going to be out there. So it's real difficult to tell. So many teams are like jockeying for position and, and what their intention is, but the Blazers know what they have to do. So I, I think based on what I've seen so far, I think they're definitely going to be in the play game. How about you, Jared? I agree with Max. I mean, right now it's, it's all on the Blazers. You know, you can't, and they've talked about this, you can't worry about what the other teams are doing because there is so much up in the air right now with, with matchups and, and who's going to be playing for each team. But the Blazers know that they can go out there and win each game. And maybe they don't, you know, go 4-0 to finish this thing out, but they have a chance to. And if they do, then they are going to get you know, most likely the eight seed, because I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be able to run the table from here on out. So it's all on the Blazers. And I think that they are, you know, they're going to be a game back of the Grizzlies now. I think they're going to get the eight seed. I think that they have the momentum. I think they're, they're playing really well. I think they can beat these teams on their schedule. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to predict them to, to get the eight seed and then, it, to me, it doesn't matter who they're playing. If they have the eight seed and the advantages that come with that in this play-in scenario, I think that they're going to to win a game there and, and, and get that first-round matchup with the Lakers. All right, Nate. I've been waiting for this because uh, you thought Memphis, you predicted that Memphis would, would take that final spot for the playoffs. Have you changed your mind at this point? Let's flip-flop here, my friend. Let's do it, huh? What do you say? Uh, in my defense, I think you were the only one last week who said the Blazers would get the eighth seed and make actually make it all the way through the playoffs. So credit to you, Orlando. Granted, it hasn't happened yet, but it, I think... Actually, in your defense, Nate, 
in your defense, last week, during last week's podcast, you said the Blazers would get the eight seed early in the podcast, and then by the end of the podcast, <laughs> you had flipped after like 15 <laughs> minutes and said they wouldn't. I talked so. myself out of it. <laughs> talked myself out of it. It seemed too good to be true. Uh, but no, with the way they're playing right now, like we have, we've barely talked about Yusuf Nurkic, and I talked last week about how if he was 80% of what he was before the injury, the Blazers would be thrilled to have that type of production. I can't believe how good he's been right out of the gate for the Blazers. And talk about a difference maker. We said before he got hurt, he may have been Portland's second best player. And since he's been back, I think it's fair to say he's been Portland's second best player. And so having him along with CJ and Gary Trent with the way they're shooting right now alongside Dane, the Blazers are a really formidable team right now. So I'm with Jared. I'm with you, Orlando. They're going to be the eighth seed. They're going to get to the playoffs. And then we're going to get to hear a bunch of pundits talk some nonsense about how they could beat the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, uh, the backhanded compliment I'm always looking for. <laughs> One dig at the Blazers on the way out. I, I had to speak some truth there at the end, man. <laughs> so... Guys, there was one other thing I want to get to before before we rip it and, and Max takes over and, and does his thing here. But uh, our friend Cassidy Quinn got a chance to <laughs> sit in and be a, a fan at, at the game. What, what's what been your guys' thoughts on the viewing experience for the game, uh, the fans, the fake crowd noise, all that stuff? What do you guys think about it, Jared? It's been good for me. I think that the TV product has been great. Um, I thought that the crowd noise might – seem weird to me because when you watch a major league baseball game the crowd noise does seem really weird because you know you can see the empty seats but for some reason because of the way they've got it set up with the background the way it is in this NBA bubble the crowd noise doesn't seem out of place and when I first saw the the big screens with all the you know fans on it I thought it was kind of weird and looked kind of weird but and maybe I've just gotten used to it but I, I like it now and the fact that Cassidy was on there that's awesome um, so good for her. That's really cool. But I just think in every way, the NBA has done this right. And, you know, they're succeeding in keeping people healthy, which is the most important thing. And they're succeeding in putting out a really entertaining product, both in the presentation and production, but also the play, you know, because you have 22 teams and just about every team in the bubble is a really good team or a good team, at least you have really good games just about every game. So it's been outstanding. I, I've enjoyed it immensely. The uh, viewing experience for you, Nate, you a fan of what you've seen so far? Absolutely. Uh, I don't know how you couldn't really be a fan of it. I would Actually, what I would love to hear uh, is just some fan smack talk going back and forth on these virtual fans. I think that would be incredible. Obviously, it would never happen. Maybe you need to put that like on ESPN News or something like that, where you just have fans talking back and forth at each other during the game. But no, it's been, uh, it's been a great experience uh, from watching at home. I've enjoyed watching all these games, and it's been everything that I think fans could have hoped for it to be. It took me a little bit to get used to it, like you said, Jared. But now it feels like I'm watching a regular game like I would have if we weren't in a pandemic. Um, the The crowd shots at first were weird and distracting a little bit but now it's just kind of part of the game and I've enjoyed it man I mean it's it's been a lot of fun to watch it helps that the Blazers have been entertaining because that's who primarily I'm watching and 
I just hope that they continue to keep it up. Kudos to the league for keeping everyone safe and at a time when there are so many unknowns. And right now it really does feel like these players are in the safest place that they could possibly be. And that's all good stuff. And we benefit from it entertainment-wise and also as just an escape to what's going on in the world right now. So it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. I approve and I, I hope this continues. And um, other, other leagues take notice on what it takes to successfully run a league and be able to have live sports this time. It is time. Max Barr, you are up, my friend. Okay, are you guys ready to recap our last week's mini rip it? I'm ready. I need a win. Let's do it. Uh, I, didn't, I don't let feel Nate too good. Start off with a win. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I didn't feel too good once that Memphis game was over. <laughs> well, the the rip it was all about Memphis. We had three questions. The first question was most rebounds: Nurkic or Jonas Valanciunas. Orlando and Jared went with Nurk. Nate, you went with Valanciunas. And this was Nurkic. Nine rebounds to four. Yes. That's what I like to hear. Oh. Off to a good start. So, I should Jared have gone Orlando against Nurk. I should have known that. On the board. Yeah, well. Next question was an over-under. And this was about Nurk's now backup, Hassan Whiteside. I think we've only seen them together out there just for the Memphis game, right? Have they been out there together in any of the other games? Anyway, it was uh, over under 20 and a half minutes for Whiteside. Nate and Orlando went over. Jared went under. And it was under 18 minutes. I think he's played fewer minutes every game since then, it seems like, too. Yeah. He has. He's only averaging 15 minutes a game right now. And so. to his credit, he's, it, he's not at least outwardly complaining about it. I mean, he right. seems to be and – he's, and he's had some big moments in the games he was in there. So, kudos to him for that. Yeah, that's a good point. The last question was, who's going to score the most points, Damian Lillard or the field? And Nate and Orlando went with Dame. Jared, you went with the field. And then Nate pressed you on it, and he said – who that? Who is it? Jared said, give me playoff CJ. And it was playoff CJ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. oh, man. That's Along like a double with Jared victory. Jackson Jr., uh, they both scored 33 points. Dame had 29. So that means Jared not only wins Rip It with a perfect score, three out of three, but he also got the additional prediction of CJ correct. So, Jared, way to go. Congratulations. Now there's playoff Rondo and then there's playoff Jared. It's just that this is the way it goes in the playoffs for me. <laughs> oh, Very rev- We're not even in the playoffs yet, and I already uh, feel like it. Last year's miracle run to the title. Playoff Jared so. activated. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's move on to this week's game. We've got three more questions, and they all deal with the Blazers versus Clippers game on Saturday. And the first one is an over-under, and it is 28.5 points for Damian Lillard. What do you guys think? Give me the over, man. I'm taking Dame over on anything. All right. I like it. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. I'll match Nate on that one. 
Yep. It's a, it's a sweep across. I don't think uh, – or Pat Beverly isn't going to play, so maybe that, that helps him out a little more. A few extra threes. And after the uh, hot game that he had against Denver, it's all systems go. Everyone following my lead now, just the yep. way it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like sweeps. I don't really like the uh, rip-it sweeps. But um, you know who else isn't going to play in the game is Montrez Harrell. He will not be back yet for the Clippers. So the next one is who, who's going to get more rebounds, Yusuf Nurkic or Clippers center Ivica Zubats? Hmm. Zubats. He had 15 rebounds in his last game. Um, I'm yeah, he can get he can get rebounds. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Zubats. All right, oh, Jared, bad <laughs> pick, my friend. I, I'm gonna, I'm back on the Nurk train. I'm picking Nurk this week. I yeah. like it. I'm I'm with Nate. Give me Nurk. All right, last one. Over under four and a half three pointers. For the man on fire, Gary Trent Jr. Four and a half, is that what you said? Four and a half. Oh, man. <laughs> He's averaging uh, is five. He, is this what he pulls off, Nate? It could be. He's averaging five and a half makes right now, which is insane. I'm going to get my he pick had seven right last night. I'm going under. Oh, boy. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what I'll do you go, say? I'll go over. I'll go over. Orlando's going over. Nate? Orlando, bad pick, my friend. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he's going to go under. <laughs> oh, I'd say man. he's going to go like four for nine. Yeah, even, okay, even four is under. So. Yep. All right. Go. Well, that wraps it up. We'll, we'll, uh, hopefully, we can get together next week, and we'll find out how the Blazers are doing and, how, more importantly, how you guys did. Really quick, before we wrap this up, what are you guys' predictions for the next four games for the Blazers? Uh, I'll go that they lose to the Clippers and win their last three against Philly, Dallas, and Brooklyn. Yeah, the Clippers, I think they still have something to play for. Yeah. Yeah. They're still trying to lock up that number two spot. And they've been playing pretty well in the bubble. We don't know if the Sixers are going to have Ben Simmons back, but most likely not, right? Pretty safe to assume he's out. Yeah. yeah. All right. And the Mavericks, um, the Mavericks could be locked in to number seven by then. Wait, Jared, did you ask a question and then not know what your answer was going to be? About the Sixers? No, about our picks for these four games. You were the one who asked the question. I'm going – yeah, I didn't I, – this is the question that came – right off the top of my head um i hadn't looked at this ahead of time and i'm going back and forth on whether i want to match nate or pick them to go four and oh oh just go all in because they have all they have all this momentum right now yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna lock it in four and oh they're gonna sweep the next four games seven and one bubble experience that that would be crazy yeah that's probably what it would take for them to get the eight seed yeah now that memphis has that because I don't know how tiebreakers would work either for the Grizzlies and the Blazers. I know how they'd work for the other teams, but I don't know with the Grizzlies. Well, Memphis and Portland don't have the same amount of games, so either Memphis would finish half a game ahead or Portland would finish half a game okay. ahead. Okay, all right. Yeah. All winning percentage. 
Uh, I'll say the Blazers go three and one, and it's a CJ six and two prediction overall. Um, I think they lose the Philly game, though. I'll, okay. I'll take them to beat the Clippers. But uh, I, I do remember what happened the last time Philly came into the Moda oh, Center <laughs> and beat the Blazers without some of their best players. So that's what I'll roll with, three and one. That was the game. Wasn't that the game that was going to be Anthony Simons's like standout moment? Yes, it was. And then Cork Maz nailed that three. Oh man, what I, that felt like a different lifetime. I still remember. <laughs> I think I got a text from Nate telling me that something amazing was going to happen at the end of that game. Simons <laughs> hits the three, and I'm like, wow, this is the best moment of the season. And then was it Cork Maz? Yeah, you know, broke my heart. But Nate couldn't send me a follow-up text and be like, actually, it's going to be a horrible end to the game now. So, <laughs> think, think of how it's much my better. my fault for not watching it live. Think of how much better Anthony Simons' season could have been <laughs> if Cork Moss didn't make that shot. Oh, man. That game was insane. <laughs> Still not off that bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> guys, it's been fun seeing you guys and, and talking to you once again. Please subscribe. Pick up the podcast. Give us those ratings. We appreciate it. It helps us out big time. Also, follow us on Twitter. We're on there constantly sharing Blazers-related stuff as well. We appreciate you. Check us out on KGW.com as well. That's going to do it for Blazers 3-on-3 with the four of us, Max, Jared, Nate, and myself, Orlando. Take care.